Hi, it's Chanel. This is Marissa. This is Shade, and you're listening to Fat Sleepy Cast. Oh, yes, yeah, the Sleepy <laughs> Pink Cast. Yes, a sub podcast of Fat Pink Cast. Mm-hmm. A Complain of Thrones podcast. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till it's back. So we have a couple of Ravens. <laughs> the first one. Did you guys see Nicole singing? Valerie? Yes, it was beautiful. It was I know. Beautiful. I like when you huh? put it when you put your head okay. She she saying it was like an up nose shot, which I thought yeah. But she she still looked beautiful. I was like, what the hell? It was like <laughs> this bitch. Was an up-nose shot. I know. Nicole. I'm gonna need more context. So you haven't, you haven't seen her singing? Wait, she had she posted to a video. Yeah, let me pull it up. Ah, okay. I will pull it up for but you. But you listen to her singing, and it sounds like an angel? Basically. Yeah. She has a very beautiful voice. Well, sometimes I go out by myself, and I look across the water. And I think to myself, what you doing? And in my head, I paint a picture. Since I come back home, well, my body's been a mess. And I miss your ginger hair and the way you like to dress. Won't you come on over? Stop making a fool out of me. Why don't you come on over, Valerie? Valerie. Did you have to go to jail? Put your house up on for sale? Did you get a good lawyer? I hope you didn't catch a tan. Did you find the right man who fix it for you? Are you shopping anywhere? Change the color of your hair and all your busy, all your busy, baby. I hope you didn't pay that fine that you were dodging all the time. Are you still dizzy? Since I come back home, well, my body's been a mess, and I miss your ginger hair and the way you like to dress. Won't you come on over, baby? Stop making a fool out of me. Is she professionally trained? She's just, I think she's she is. talented. 
I don't know if she's professionally trained, but she did theater. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, didn't she want, I mean, she went to Juilliard. I'm sure she must have yeah. had some kind of vocal classes. Probably, but she's just naturally that talented. So she can sing in and out of character. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. There was a movie she did not too long ago where she sings on the soundtrack, like the entire soundtrack. It's pretty cool. Next Raven is um, that ratings went up to a 1.5, so two tenths. They initially reported that it was like still, it was like 1.4, but yeah, it's good that it went up. I think if, I feel like if they, like, I feel like if they really push promotions uh, yeah. for season three and like advertise out the ass, they could totally bring the show back. But I mean, that's up to Fox. Like, are they willing to put in the time and money to properly advertise and promote the show. Like, there's no, I mean, people would watch. People would watch if they put Tom and Nicole out there and, you know, had them talking about the show and showing what great personalities they have. Yeah, but it's almost like they don't want to put them in interviews together at this point. It's so frustrating. It has been, like, how many months? The last time we had an interview with them together was October. That's, that's not good. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but I feel like if they can bring it, if they can, you know regroup and really push yeah um hopefully they'll go to san diego it's san diego comic-con they really really should if they can do that then yeah but well, they're only gonna send them to comic-con if they're getting renewed yeah right and we don't even do know. you really think they're not gonna renew yeah they haven't said if they were gonna renew or not and remember they said they were gonna change up the show to make it like more episodic and less serialized yeah it's all bad signs yeah Shit. Mark Goffman. I actually saw... Oh. Sorry. He. I just saw this. Um, Mark Goffman tweeted that he's delivering network cut of the finale tomorrow, then cleansing, shaving, and starting my tell-all book to be published in 232 years. Wow. So even he's not happy. Do, is he getting I fired? Mean, I don't know. I mean, but did you see Nicole Bahari's tweet on the last day of filming? How she was just kind of like, best day ever. Ever, Yeah. I'm like, ooh, this is, this could be a bad sign. Be like, no one's involved with the show anymore. Oh man, this is depressing. Well, are we calling it prematurely? Are we? Should we call it time of death? Sleepy hollow time of death. I don't know. It's such a bad sign. Yeah. Especially since I just saw now saw that tweet by Mark Hoffman. Like, are they canceling the show? Is he getting fired? Is somebody else getting fired? Is he just trolling That's us? That's true. They could think, like, it's his fault and hire somebody else. Because he was the one. replace him. Yeah, because he was the one that pretty much was running the show, so all the fault falls on him. Even if he didn't write the, he didn't write Metzner's um, episodes or the, you know, Deliverance. So, I don't know. Katya Winter also tweeted something kind of shady. What'd she tweet? <laughs> she said something like, it. She does the best with the material that she has. And by the way, she agrees with you. She's like, I agree with you. Agree with what? I think all the people who've been throwing shade at Katrina. Oh, she so she agrees that her character is not well, yeah. not well written? Yeah. Ooh. Well, it would be <laughs> bad if she didn't, right? I'm like, what is going on on the show, though? Behind the scenes must be, like, a shit show. Really, like, like, catty behind the scenes on the show? I don't think so. I think it's, like, the writing. Like, people probably aren't happy with the writing. Because the fans aren't happy with the writing. The critics aren't happy. I can't imagine the stars are all happy. IDK. There's a lot of shade, shady tweets going around and stuff. Anyway, sorry to bring down the mood. So, yeah, let's get into it. Come on. Maybe I'm 
she performed. She used to do karaoke all the time. My mom said she had the voice of an angel. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up a sore spot. Oh, Orion! The rogue angel Orion was dealt with. Lieutenant and I made our peace. Okay, good. Just seems you two have been spending a lot less time together lately. Has she said something? No. Right. Well, then we've moved forward. The episode was written by the two guys who wrote Deliverance. I can't remember their names. I can't remember what happened in Deliverance. Which uh, that was that? like the magical baby. I mean, magical demon baby. Oh, oh, oh spider baby. Uh, yeah. God, why? So the two, the two, the two God, guys. This show. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts to think about it too hard. So it was like those two guys, and then I think. I think Heather Rayner also wrote tonight. I mean, not tonight, but yeah, on it. So I guess maybe she was there to rein them in. I don't know. But it wasn't I mean, too bad. A lot of shows, they write collaboratively, but people take a stab at the first draft by themselves, and then they yeah. split the credit that way. Wasn't bad. Actually, actually entertaining and fun to tweet. What'd you guys think? The plot sucked. Yeah? Yeah. But overall, Cheesy though, as that- hell. Yeah. Weirdly orientalist. But character moments, awesome. Awesome. Exactly, yes. That was, I think that was the best return to form in terms of character interactions that we've gotten from Sleepy Hollow in a Even long, Holly got long some. time. No one gives a fuck about Holly, but yes, yeah, I, I know, agree. but like everyone got some. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everyone did get a little something. <sighs> I guess you can talk about how it started out. So it opens in that bar. <laughs> Sounds like the beginning of a joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was actually really nice. Two Mills sisters and a Nicobod walk into a bar. <laughs> and a Holly, the intro. Bartender says, "Hey, it's Holly." <laughs> well, I love. Um, and the Mills sisters say, "What? <laughs> what? I don't know. I can't improvise that quickly." <laughs> anyway, there's a couple of things I loved about the scene, like Jenny um, dropping knowledge about their mother and how Abby used to sing and do karaoke when she was younger. And her bringing yeah. up the issues between them. I don't know. It was a really good scene. And they're relaxing like and having time. Like, to mom is good. Yeah, and they're relaxing and having time apart from being witnesses. And... Ichabod's hilarious karaoke. Yeah, and then Jenny actually knew about the artifacts this episode and bantered with Holly about what she knew, as opposed to, like, her just standing there slack-jawed and having to listen to him. When Holly was like, I have to go, I was like, yes, go. <laughs> go way off screen and stay there. Yeah. Is this, like, supposed to be kind of, like, a reference to a double date, by the way? No. I, think, I refuse I to acknowledge. I felt so. I felt like that. It is weird. Like, why would they invite Holly to this? Right. They usually only call him when they need him for, like, something. Yeah, and the, the sisters were, like, questioning each other about their respective uh, love interests or whatever. It seems sort of like that to me. Well, they couldn't even make up their mind as to whose love interest Holly was. I know, which is why I can't get down with the scene at all, or Jenny being interested in him. Yeah, that came kind of out of left field. I mean, yeah. the last episode she was pissed at him. The episode mm-hmm. before she was pissed at him. Pretty much. Well, you know when girls are pissed at you, it actually means they secretly like you. Well, yeah, so would Metzner. Uh, that's what Metzner would think. Anyway. Hey, so... hey, you don't know if he wrote this episode. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> but they I have know. to carry they have to carry on his like, you know, the douchebaggishness that he already established in the character. So they have to write it in. It's it's not just him though, it's like the entire script writing crew, the entire yeah. writing staff letting it 
Yeah, but it happened. So, yeah. whatever. Um, Crane would sing a shanty about syphilis, by the way. That was perfect. Apparently, Tom Meisen suggested that song. And I was like, I don't know how he knows that song, but, you know, okay. Cold was the morning and dark was the day. Not exactly Billboard Top 100. The talent is there. He just needs new material. Cheer loudly. He's been through the ringer lately. Well, you guys were on opposite sides of a pretty major split about Headless. You know, Katrina was right to free Abraham when she did. It turns out that Orion was about to go biblical on Sleepy Hollow. Mm -hmm. You and Crane are okay? You talked it out? We're fine. And are you lecturing me about communicating? I communicate. That's what's happening now between us. Then you can tell me what's going on between you and Holly. Nothing. Maybe a little bit more than that. Which is why it's weird he hasn't responded to my phone calls or texts. He said he'd only be gone a little while. He might have just lost track of time. No. No, Holly wouldn't blow me off like that. He's a young sailor cut down in his prime. Yeah. Thank you. So I should have done the one about the bass. Who taught him that song bass. like Ben Franklin? Maybe he learned it in it's drama. Ben Franklin, wasn't it? Maybe he learned it in drama school. Oh, you mean uh, Ichabod? Um, yeah. Maybe George Washington, his best pal. Could have been him. I, ha I was kind of pissed that they had Abby be like, yeah, Katrina was right. But Katrina didn't know that the guy was going to go biblical or Orion. She didn't know that he was going to do anything bad. She They released Headless before anyone knew. So how was I Katrina like at right? This point like, but yeah, we. I feel like at this point we've already established that anytime Abby opens her mouth and says Katrina was right, it's bullshit. Like yeah, it's the writers it's trying to get us to like Katrina. Right, it is just not like it's just not working. Like you're gonna have an entire episode of Katrina obviously being wrong, and then randomly have Abby be like Katrina was right. Like no, cut it out. Nobody believes that. I mean, even clocks are right twice a day. But Katrina is not a clock. Yo, when has she ever been right? Um, she was right about, um, Mary. No, not really. No. No, she was right about Mary. <laughs> I know. Um, she was right about, um... Well, the fact that we have to think about exactly, this. Exactly, exactly. Uh, she was right when it. she said you can communicate from purgatory to... Through a mirror. Through, through a mirror. She was right about that. But she, like, wasn't as good at it, because whenever she does it, the mirror breaks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um... terrible. This is terrible, you guys. I did, I missed, I missed like the sister time, like the sister bonding we haven't had in however many episodes. I felt like this should have been a, um, a regularly established thing throughout the season, right? Like the sisters discussing their issues, you know, Abby's like kind of lying about her and Crane's relationship and deflecting. But like 90% of their conversation is about a guy. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Criteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. But what about your thing with Holly? Like, in what universe would Abby really care about her thing with Holly? Maybe she's being protective, because um, later on she drops, she like, she snarks at her about something. There's like a line. But when like Crane's like, Holly's a man of his word, because he's supposed to return and he hasn't, and he's like throwing shade, and Abby's like, he said he was gonna come back. And I was like, how is he a man of his word? I was like, where is this coming from? How? When has the show ever shown that to be true? They should have had him text her like, help. <laughs> 
I was like, yeah, no. And I feel like, sorry, I was just going to say real quick, because you know how before you were talking about, you know, like the sister interactions? Yeah. I feel like the show doesn't, we'll hear about, oh, you know, that they had an interaction, or that they met, or that they went somewhere, but we don't see it. And it's just makes for like less impactful scenes to say remember the time we talked about this one thing but yeah they don't show it yeah Yeah. like even when you think back to um the episode when frank comes back and it's revealed that abby actually told cynthia and macy the truth like we should have seen that you know like i feel like the writers this episode was definitely an improvement but i feel like the writers spent much of this season focusing on all the wrong things yeah definitely after that, um, I can't believe they're just now putting an alarm in at the archive, considering how many people break into it. Yeah, constantly. like, where was that alarm when Ray's, like, danced into their archive and put Yo, at them? How absurd is it that they have a witch that can't even, like, put a hex on the archives to hide it from from? that's ridiculous that is so ridiculous like it should be only seen by people who are allied with them right um so there's an altercation in the tunnels between holly carmilla this thing or this thing they don't know who she is yet and team witness and i'm i was wondering why were they in the tunnels is it like does it was it to get something no, that's the secret entrance to the archives. Oh, is there's was like it? a tunnel. Oh, okay. Uh, isn't there where they can that. tunnel in from the police department? I missed or that. Or they can go through the front door. Okay. Okay. I was like, does it run under the estate? I was like a little confused about that part. Yeah, yeah, it goes under the archives because you remember they kept headless in the tunnels for a while too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but but does it attach to the estate? That's what I'm saying. Like, were they looking for something? Like, were they looking for the what, maps? Holly? I think he just didn't want to go out the front door. With her? I don't know. How did he even know about the front door? Maybe it was just going to be more dramatic if they did it on the set instead of, like, in the driveway of the police archives. Oh, okay. I was just like, I don't know why they were in the tunnel. Where's the, the bow and arrow time. from? Forgive me for forgetting. The bow and arrow? The, the, the one crossbow that he thing that he has. What episode is that from? Um, I don't even remember. Was it Go Where I Send Me? Why does he have that crossbow again? I forget where he got it from. Wasn't in the first episode he had a crossbow too? I don't even remember. This is so bad. Why don't we remember where the crossbow is from? Maybe they just picked it up randomly somewhere. It's in one of the episodes though. I don't know. They did do it in the first episode, but it was like it was like a illusion. So I don't know. We'll find out later. Somebody yeah. tell us. Whoever listens to this, tell us where the crossbow is. Wait, I'm going to the wiki. Going to the wiki. The Van Helsing crossbow was given to Ichabod in the Weeping Lady episode. Okay. By Nick Hawley to stop the Weeping Lady. Okay. All right. There you go. Katrina Crane put some magic in it when they tried to kill Moloch for, in the for, Akeda episode. I don't know for what reason because they didn't actually use it. No, they, they tried to shoot at Moloch with it. I know, but... Eh. Katrina's not perfect, you guys. <laughs> um, far from it. Not even close. Anyway, we go to Irving finally again, and it's at his trial. And I'm glad Cynthia's back and they kept her background intact. You know, she's a lawyer. Or yeah. Did they mention that before? Yeah, they did. It was yeah, in, they did. Um, a it was long in some, time ago. <laughs> yeah, in like the first season. And she yeah. mentioned it and he didn't want her help with something because he was in trouble. And he was like, he didn't want her help, yada, yada, yada. So Frank's been exonerated of all charges, apparently. And magically. Cynthia, yeah, magically. You, you know, know what? Yeah, I go. Like the writing, 
is, I really feel like the writers are like, they're like, hey guys, we're listening. Look at what we did. Because they fucked up Frank's storyline. They totally yeah. fucked it up. So it's like the only way they could have, you know, get him back to a place where, they can, where he can actually do something was to exonerate him. And it doesn't even matter. No explanation necessary. It just needed to happen. So they just did it. I feel like, it, I guess it comes back later. But um, you know what else, too? People, I think somebody was saying that it would have been interesting to see Cynthia trying to help him while he was locked up because that would have added some more depth to the storyline. But we haven't seen her until now. And it's kind of like, oh, that's true. Especially considering the fact that she knew. Mm-hmm. Like, he should, yeah, it would have been interesting to see her yeah. like come down to the station and sit down and talk with him and stuff. And try to strategize how to save him. Why did he even yeah. go to Henry? Ooh, can you imagine? Like maybe they had a falling so out and that's why he signed with Henry or something. Yeah. Or maybe Dude. she was like, I'm keeping Macy away from you and he was really desperate to get out and that's why he was tricked by Henry because he was so scared for his family and desperate. Yeah. And, and she's like, done... we buried you, we mourned you. And I'm like, off screen. Yeah, that is true. That would have made not a really good story. Show us, don't tell us. Yeah. next episode they're talking it's like they find out about the Vitala but I kind of groaned when Ichabod immediately knew after she mentioned like the venom or whatever he immediately knew the creature was Vitala and he's like oh yeah it's from Hindu religion I'm like oh my god I was kind of annoyed just a little bit and I kind of laughed at Abby reminding Jenny that Holly went home with a succubus she was like yeah. where would he met you know where would he meet somebody like that and Jenny um Abby's like yeah you know this guy gets around and I also appreciated Abby knowing Latin I was excited about that but Ichabod always like knows first where yeah. do you learn about Vitalas in what world do they like study him at Hogwarts like I guess he had to be up and up on the demons and monsters and stuff when he was training. With who? Like with Ben Franklin? Ben Franklin, George Washington. Because he did know it was, I mean. I almost feel like Abby, who like grew up in New York. Would know. Is really well read. Would be more likely to know a lot of this stuff. Well, she did know a lot of it, which I appreciate. Like later I mean, the British were not even as intensely involved in India back, you know, when Ichabod was around. Yeah. I think they, at this point, separate because he said something about Katrina and then Abby and Jenny go off together to find out what, who paid, what's his this guy's name to set up Holly. Um, and so Jenny and Abby are again having a nice moment that we never see in these episodes anymore. She was like trying to get to the root of Abby's issues and Abby was like kind of nonchalant or determined to remain nonchalant. I like that their conversation and their relationship feels so natural at this point, which is what they're sh- it should have been doing, you know, all season long. What do you think Jenny's angle was with this? What do you mean? Does she want them to get along again? Is it because they're witnesses? Is I think maybe she just cares about her. For Abby? Yeah, I think she's just out just, of concern for Abby and trying to protect her in a way. There's been a lot of like, oh, Abby made a mistake with Orion because she was mad at Ichabod. It was a mistake. It was yeah. a costly mistake. Katrina was right. But there's never like Ichabod dated a struggle witch and made a horseman to death. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that this like one-off episode 
shared with Orion is now the focus of their attention and not like everything else. Everything else. Yeah. I don't including know. Including his son being their arch nemesis. I did appreciate them being um good cop, bad cop, I guess, and Jenny being like, I'm not a cop. And I was like, I don't know even why they're bothering with this. Just let Holly go. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I was like, why are they, you know, going so hard for yeah. him? Yeah. Who cares? I mean, it's not like he's not going to come. He goes off and, like, looks for artifacts all the time, I imagine. So why are they concerned he's not going to be back next week? Yeah. Does he normally leave him, them, like, a detailed message before going on his little hunting trips? Maybe. Maybe we just haven't seen it because it's been off screen. I That's, guess. like, the worst thing about any show. That was my biggest problem with Merlin. They would do all the stuff off screen and they would make time jumps because they were lazy and didn't want to work yeah, on the actual storyline to make it good. Would it have been better if, like, they had drunkenly stumbled out of the bar and then the Vitali ran over, snatched Holly, and then ran away? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would that nice. explain the urgency of it better than, like, this, I'll text you later. Oh, he hasn't texted us in five minutes. We better find out what's going on. It's yeah, not like who him cares that much in. about him? Seriously. <laughs> it hasn't even been 24 hours. Uh, and speaking of... I and guess... they assault that poor store owner just for him. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Some police brutality right there with the threatening. Yeah. But Abby is, you know, it's her it's her witness duty. She's accomplishing, not like her police duty. I mean, she does use her job to to intimidate him, but she doesn't actually have to I don't know. They can't say anything. They can't say anything. It's fine. Um so the next scene is uh Katrina and Ichabod. Did you get her shading shading Mary Poppins? And I was like, at least Mary Poppins' magic works. She's like, oh, a modern witch yeah, specializing like, in housework. Who are you to talk about Mary Poppins not being progressive? Uh-huh. What the hell? Mary Poppins does what she fucking wants. What do you do, Katrina? Mary Poppins isn't even married. Mary Poppins can do magic. Yeah. Mary Poppins Mary can... Mary Poppins didn't give birth to the horsemen of the apocalypse. Mary Poppins can easily jump in and out of paintings. Ah, last week... That's True. That Katrina wasn't able to easily do it. I'm just saying. Mary Poppins is a superior witch. Absolutely. Mary Poppins can fucking fly. <laughs> I know. With an umbrella. It was cute, though. I like that conversation. I yeah? like things like that on the show. I like when they make cultural references and... And I, I liked her disinterest. I liked her, like, stop trying to charm me, husband. Is that what he was trying to do, you think? I think he was trying to, you know, build rapport, have a conversation with her. I don't know. She has, And like, she was like, no. She has such little... I don't know all witches. She has so little personality, though, that it's like, eh. Well, she actually, like, sassed him back a little bit, which is nice. Yeah. So, and then Crane finds this Orion charm. And I feel like he has no right to be touchy about the fact that she kept him from him. Or she kept it from him. No. I don't know. What, like, is he going to be rummaging through her purse for other things? But they, you know, the Abby and Jenny come back and they figure out what Camilla's after. It's treasure and Knox, named after Fort Knox. Um, His, uh, what is it? Theodore Knox? Was that the guy's name? I think so. I don't even remember. Knox Jr. Yeah, it wasn't Knox Jr. He's like his great, great, great grandson. All Katrina said in this scene, by the way, was the context in Knox's vault were considered very dangerous. That's all she says in the scene. Like everyone else is really active and she's just very passive in the scene and very like in the corner. I can't. I mean, is that a complaint? <laughs> no. Is this a bad thing? No, but it's just it just highlights what she's good for, I guess, standing in the corner. <laughs> Say that. 
I'm just saying. I'm so upset that Sleepy Hollow made me like really despise a female character. Like, how dare they? How dare they accomplish <gasps> that? And it's not even like she's a villain. And even if they were to make her a villain now, it's too late. Like, I'm just tired of her face. Okay, I'm done. Continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just need to complain. Are you still no, I'm still here. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. You're, I mean, even even the actress who plays Katia Winter, or even Katia Winter, the actress who plays Katrina, sounds tired of Katrina at this point. Isn't that terrible? What's it like to like hate your character that you're playing? Uh. I don't think she hates the character. I think she hates the writing. The writing, the character. Same thing. So the next thing that we know Holly is up to, because, you know, we always need him back on screen whenever we can have him, right? They ta- they're talking about how they can crack the vault. And we learned that a thuggy death cult. Uh groan i was like groan no curse carmilla and turned her into vitala and she's after an artifact in nox's vault that can turn her human again so holly decides to help her why do they even need to mention a thuggy death i know trying to explain an already like racist racist and annoying like plot why couldn't it have been like some hessians turned her into a vitala so the thing yeah like they stole the thing and corrupted the hinduism or something but of course they pick the most cliche boogeyman in like British imperial history right and I was like this is an homage to Indiana Jones right but that franchise is racist enough, so really no one should be yeah, taking cues Yeah, and the character from... acts nothing like Indiana Jones. Yeah. They're like, she's like a female Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones later, yeah. And I'm like, she is? I don't see it. I, I don't guess see maybe it. like raiding people's, I don't know. She can't steal artifacts without getting Holly's help. Yeah. but She doesn't have a whip. I How know. is she Indiana Jones? And, but, you know, I was like, of course white dudes who grew up basically worshipping Spielberg will see, would see no problems with Indiana Jones, right? And it was just so, like, ugh. I just, I groaned a lot when they mentioned this. Because it's very, like, Eurocentric fear of the other kind of thing. So I was, like, head Kenny. I chose to read this scene differently. Like, hey, Carmilla, maybe you shouldn't have been raiding people's cultures for their precious artifacts. And you wouldn't have been cursed otherwise right now that i watch but no one Jones like again, explicitly says it no no one explicitly says it which is the problem but i guess you could kind of figure it out by the fact that she later screws holly over no i mean it's like the death cult like made her suffer i didn't read it that way at the end because she screws him mm. over it's a con he cons like she cons him i don't know she wanted to turn like a bunch of everyone into Vitalas. That doesn't sound like somebody who wants to. What was she trying to accomplish? Where did this henchman even come from? I have so many unanswered questions. This is true. Maybe she wanted to take over the world. I guess you can assume. It was like dumb as balls. Okay. Team witness. I was like, why? What? Uh... Okay, so team witness um, is off to save him and Ford, of course. Oh my God, there were so many Ford commercials. <laughs> Because of this episode, and because Freaking the car, Mustang. and because the Mustang was in the episode, there were so many Ford commercials. You know, if you took two sips for every Ford commercial, you'd be drunk. You'd be so drunk by the time it was over. Anyway, I liked uh, at, like Jenny saying, "If you scratch Holly's car, it serves him right." <laughs> like she didn't give a shit about his car. So what we found out too is Knox is having an annual artifact exchange, which they have to crash. And Ichabod was like. Oh, but by all means, we have to stick together. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was like, you're talking about sticking together? Uh, he was just so annoying at certain points during this episode. They need to work on that. Like, not. What, Ichabod, him. like, going, quoting, like, Alexander the Great or whatever? 
<laughs> no, just him not not being taken to task for his actions slash behavior. Yeah, or him saying something like "We gotta stick together," which is so hypocritical because he hasn't been sticking by Abby. At some point, like they really need to have Ichabod sit his ass down and apologize, and not just be like, "I'm sorry," just be like, "I'm sorry, I didn't listen to you. I'm sorry, I put Katrina." And my family members before you and the mission. Like, we need to hear him say that. Say, I'm not always right. Sorry, Abby, I should listen to you more. Because you're more like, but for, I guess because he's like the white male lead, we're never going to get that. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate. So, like, he's the one who's bereft because she's not talking to him. And she's not the one who's, like, long-suffering for having to put up with him. Yeah. Like, he should be working with her. And she should be working with him. And that's how it should be. So the expectation is that that's what she should be doing. Yeah. But, you know, in reality, does she have to be working with him for the witnessing to work? Should she continue to work with him if he's been this annoying? It, yeah. seems, like, it seems like they're determined to, to not have their conflict last longer than an episode. Or, well, I guess this conflict lasted longer than an episode, but it didn't really get sussed out. I guess I'll appreciate that scene. Anyway, where were we? Us, okay, so the house, you know the house, his Theodore's house? He, it looks very southern to me. Like it belonged in New Orleans. North Carolina? I looked at it, I was like, what? This house is so weird Hmm. for East Coast. Anyway, they could have found something else. So the thing about the scene, too, when Jenny, I guess it's the same scene, Jenny runs up on him and confronts him. And I have to wonder what this you have us thing is because, like, Holly's whack. And they've never established why he means so much to the team or whatever. I feel like they would just let him die. If they're, no if one cares about Holly that much. <laughs> you know what's really interesting too is like, you know, Tiny Corbin? Yes. When he was like a Wendigo and killing people left and right, they were like, we have to save him. And then the reality is they don't really know that much about Camilla. Yeah. And they're all about like, okay, we shoot her. Let's just shoot her. What do you mean? Like are you, when it's, are you when it's baby Corbin, Camilla he's... Yeah, when it's baby Corbin, he's possessed. He's like, you know, we're going to chase after him and save him. But if it's Camilla and she's possessed, it's like, shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. Is that bad? (laughs) It just seems weird. Because initially they did not know just how evil she was. And they were like already shooting at her. Yeah, but Abby has a history with baby Corbin. It's like her baby brother. I don't know. Oh, do you mean like, oh, they shouldn't have been wanting to kill him because he's he's she has something to do with holly like she's important like, to holly they they like they jumped to the gun really fast and in this case they were right and she was evil and should have been killed i guess in the show's lot moral logic but well if we actually cared about holly maybe we would care more that she had to be and holly wasn't upset that the woman who raised him turned out to be like evil he wasn't upset I mean, he was enough. upset but not like upset upset i don't know it seemed like she was abusive a little bit like really manipulative i don't know and she's got no, him into like... She, like she trained him to be this person and she killed somebody in front of him and i'm assuming like it was when he was young i mean his god i can't believe we're talking about holly of all people no no we can go home now <laughs> so the reason holly's a bad character isn't because of the bad writing it's because of camilla no it's, she i'm not him. even saying like that but the fact that his parents died and she was his godmother and she took care of him and stuff she probably used him mm-hmm. and he didn't realize it until he got away from her like people can be emotionally abusive like that and she seemed like she was. Yeah. I don't know. She seems so young to be his mother. His godmother? Figure. Yeah. She's, I guess she's playing an older lady, but that's Hollywood for you, I guess. They couldn't have cast somebody That actress older. is really wasted in this role. 
And that role was like a crappy role to begin with. Yeah, it was. You know where? Okay, so they're they're in the vault, right? So Abby and Ichabod go down there. Well, Abby goes down there. She gets caught. Ichabod is right behind her. And when he's trying to like get Holly to not go off with Camilla, he's like, "You're a man of," or not lock them in the vault. He's like, "You're a man of courage and compassion. A man who fights for his friends." I was like, "Really? This guy? This guy?" Since when? There are just so many moments. Like I the writer is trying to persuade us that to like Holly the way they persuade us to like care about Katrina or try to persuade us to care like about Katrina. Katrina. They're just gonna describe how awesome the character is, and we'll be like into them, right? Yeah, I think they're trying to condition us, <laughs> like oh, sleepy hollow conditioning. <laughs> it's not working. Um, so Ichabod wasn't the only one who recognized the statue, thank you, which made this part a little bit less annoying when he's like, oh, that's the statue, blah, 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 and Abby's like, yeah, I saw it in a book of Hindu lore. So Abby's been studying too. That's a good thing, right? Well, I mean, yeah, that's good to see. I think, I think we need more of that. We need more of Abby being the one to know things and, like, explain things that's, like, not technology, but, like, actually history and stuff that's useful to them. Did yeah. you ex- uh, did you see how like when Abby knows something though she has to like explain how she learned it but when Ichabod knows something he just knows it because he's Ichabod yeah <gasps> that's true that's true yeah they need to stop doing that she has to be like oh I knew that because I read it somewhere whereas he's just like and I know that it's a blah 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 because I'm yeah. smart so there's no like how the hell would Ichabod know that but there always seems to be this, I mean like, we ask justify how she knows this we ask how Ichabod would know but they never talk about it well maybe one once or twice but it was something random that he didn't know and abby knew before he did (laughs) so they're trapped in a box and they're having this conversation and the whole time i'm like abby keeps stuff from you so that you and struggle witch won't fuck up her mission and he keeps stuff away from her because he's a douche i was just like it's not the same i mean okay let me try to be positive it was a good conversation but only if their mistakes were the same on the same level and I don't think they are even though they're trying to make it seem that way like this isn't both their faults Abigail tells Crane everything and even fesses up really easily and apologizes to him yeah he never has to her so I don't like how this was framed exactly like they were both equally responsible for the breakdown in communication I mean, I think you can tell a measure of a good relationship by how, how well people make up and how willing they are to, like, take on blame or responsibility or feelings. So in that respect, that's interesting. You know, how they resolve problems is probably better than how Katrina and Crane solve problems or how Abby and Jenny have communicated over the past two years. They, yeah. like, are pretty naturally and maturely resolving the issue. Yeah, it was all right. I think we need more of that throughout the episodes. But I guess beggars can't be choosers. Anyway, the conversation gets cut short, and I liked the Star Wars trash compactor scene. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I was like, ah! Yeah, it's very classic. I was like, oh, I like that joke, and my partner had missed it, and I was like, you want me to remind, rewind it so you can hear their joke? And he was like, no, I don't care about the show that much. Oh. <laughs> I was like, but it was a Star Wars reference. How has Ichabod not seen Star Wars? Because Abby hasn't introduced He was watching The Fucking Bachelor and he hasn't seen Star Wars. Shame on him. I know. But that's not... That's probably, like, Katrina's fault. He would love Star Wars. She seems like she'd like reality TV, Katrina. Abby seems more like a Star Wars girl. Obviously, because she made the reference. But 
Yeah, I liked how she she said uh, we named Fort Knox after a guy who died in debt. Thought that was funny. I like that line. Again, my annoyance with Crane knowing anything about Eastern religion is tempered by the fact that at least Abby seems to know as much or even more than him in this instant because she studies yoga. Like you said, Marissa, she always has to have an explanation. So, you know, when they figure out that they can kill her with iron and fire, can't you kill everything that way? Yeah, (laughs) maybe like she needed it specifically. Yeah, it was kind of a leap of logic, but sure. I guess both at the same time. But the funny thing about this, too, is somebody... I remember reading that, like, Kali is a goddess, and she's so terrifying because she scares off demons, not because any demons come from her. And so she has these two... Like, the statue has these two symbols that are supposed to kill the Vitala, but it also makes Vitalas. Like, they didn't really explain how that's possible that the statue makes Vitalas. You know what I mean? I guess this is what happens when you appropriate from a religion that you don't really understand. It makes them for plot reasons, just like those two henchmen showed up for plot reasons. Just like Didn't she, she have showed up them for plot at the reasons. beginning, too? Because reasons. Because of reasons. But no, I mean, I was just kind of annoyed by that. And she's like chanting. And this scene was just very cringeworthy. I kind of had to ignore it a little bit. Camilla escapes after all this. And... Jenny and Holly have a moment because he's alive, unfortunately. I was hoping he would die so he can never come back. Maybe, like, would you want him to die saving them or just die as a casualty? Or, you know, maybe he could become a Vitala. He'd be more interesting if he was a Yeah, and then they have to hunt him down. Twilight. That'd be great. (laughs) But she tells him that he has a family in Sleepy Hollow. But does he really? (laughs) Do you really? When they call him... I was like, he does, like like a kid... And, like, a partner. And I was like, oh, she means her. When they called him friend, I was like, really? But are y'all really friends? <laughs> You're not really friends. You know, Jenny recognizes that he's leaving. I almost screamed out loud at the fact that he was, like, peacing out. I know. It was, like, one of those things where it's just, like, see ya. What I want to be ya. <laughs> like, I've been waiting for this. My heart was singing. Now, if somebody else could leave, that would be perfect. Perfect. I was like, too fucking late. Be gone. Just go. I guess this scene would have been Just sweet. Would have been sweeter had he not been hitting on Abby for most of the episodes he was in. Because he kisses Jenny and it's very like chaste and cute. But it was like, uh, you were hitting on Jenny her. Jenny took one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> that poor girl. That poor, poor girl. <laughs> she had to kiss him. It was a goodbye kiss. Um, so the karaoke scene at the end. Of she course. Didn't have to. She didn't have to kiss him? No, she didn't have to. No. But but have within to. the law within the law of Sleepy Hollow, like based on what they have written between Holly and Jenny so far, it was like it had to happen. So whatever. Like it's unfortunate, but that's it's like yes, technically she didn't have to kiss him. But the, with the way that they're writing him as Met, as Metzner's like self insert, yeah, he yeah. 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 She has to happen. It's gonna happen. (laughs) Just to make Raven Metzner happy, you mean? It had to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The end karaoke scene is next. And of course, Abby, they come to a conclusion that they're both good. And I was like, no, we're not good. (laughs) I was like, this conflict is not over in one freaking episode. 
the duet was really cute. Proud Mary. Yeah, it was. I was very happy about that. Yeah, I liked how they sang well together and were cute. I think they're trying to get it on the DVD, the whole thing. (gasps) I'm definitely not buying season two on DVD. I'm pretty sure someone's going to upload it onto YouTube because that alone is not enough. I have season two of Game of Thrones, so I'm pretty sure I'm getting season two of Sleepy Hollow, especially since Mama is on season the season two DVDs. And there might be some good stuff about Jenny and Abby that should have been in the episodes, but they're probably going to leave for DVD. Oh my god. To the Lord and Tang down in New Orleans. That makes no sense. Never lost a minute. Sleep, sleeping. I hitched a ride on the riverboat to Queen. You know that big wheels keep on turning. End of the episode ends with Irving. Katrina is going to do magic and she does some magic and she asks, but she asks Irving first, where is Henry? Like he would know. And then she reads his soul only to realize that he's free from Henry's influence or she, is she a lying liar who lies? Like what was up with that scene? Was it just bad directing, bad acting, or was it purposefully? I think they were. I think they shady. were. I think it was purposefully, purposefully shady, and I think they were really trying to like hint at an evil Katrina plot that is a whole season and a half too late. But that's how. I mean, they're gonna have to fix it, right? So that's how they're gonna fix it by just making. Yeah, evil. I feel like or ambiguous again, <laughs> and obsessed with her. Weird child again. Yeah, he's coming back in like episode 17 or something. 18, 17, 18. One of those. So yeah, Irving has no reflection, he realizes. And why is Katrina still in that corset? Two important questions for the end of the episode. It was pretty... Maybe she just really likes it. No, maybe not. It looks like she's going to be out of it in the next episode. Because episode 15 is really when they were able to make changes. So it looks like they they might have made some in this episode. Like might have maybe reshot some stuff, I'm assuming. Or were able to change some stuff before it aired. Or before they sent it off to the network. I don't You're know. So optimistic, girl. What do you mean? I mean, I don't. I don't think that they may have actually done that. I don't know. They were in the middle of the last episode when before this, when um we were talking, we did the Abby Mills deserves better thing. So they might have had a little do bit. Do you think of time. they actually like talked about it and, and and considered it though? I don't know. I'm so skeptical. That's what Aaron, what's his face, said on Twitter. One of the producers has been chatting with the fans a bunch, and he actually mentioned they were able to make real changes in episode 15 i guess that's that i give it like a seven uh, uh five same five for me it's not back to form yet but it's i it's definitely i mean it i can better tell than it last better. week's for sure <laughs> okay yes and no. i think we gave last week's a higher rating this Did was we? so much better than last week yeah Maybe, I don't know. Six. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Minus 
points for the weird belly dancer chicks. Yeah, that was annoying. But it it seemed like something Theodore Knox would do, though, considering he was, like, a black market thief and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, he's being creepy. That he'd have, like, random belly dancer people. Yeah. But it's funny because as soon as Crane walked past him, he's completely distracted by Crane and his crossbow and his outfit. Did you <laughs> notice that? He was, like, really into the dancers. And then Crane walks past him and he's like, oh, my gosh, you're, you know crossbow how do you wear that outfit so well etc i thought that was funny eh, i'm so skeptical now okay i don't know oh gosh i'm sorry i'm just like eh. <laughs> closing remarks come back to us sleepy hollow come signing back. off thanks for listening y'all you can catch us at fatpinkcast.com follow sleepy pink cast and fat pink cast on tumblr itunes podbay stitcher and other places where podcasts are available for download for free <laughs> yeah. oh and on twitter where we live tweet sleepy hollow and yeah. sometimes get responses from people who work on the show all right we'll leave Yay. you with the preview for next week bye guys bye. bye fox monday we may be dealing with an undead problem strike yourself in his name is solomon kent for tv's wildest ride solomon kent is responsible for the salem witch tribes you do not belong here Sleepy Hollow, all new Monday at 9, 8 central on Fox.